Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. So, uh, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Enjoying the spring forward? Is it spring forward or fall back? Spring forward. Spring forward. Spring forward. Good. I'm glad I got that right. <laughs> so, uh, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your peace and your goodness and just just being there for us and, and for your faithfulness and your mercy and just who you are. And so we just give you the praise for that. Holy Spirit, speak through me this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we're in Romans. I keep trying to get to four. <laughs> so now we get stuck in three. So when you really dive into the Bible, it's so rich. And and a lot of times we just, you can read for breath and you can go like all the way across or you can go in for depth. And, it, and the more deeper you go, the deeper it goes. So it's like endless on how good God is and how much he wants to show us. But at the same time, it's so simple. It's like so, so simple that it just can blow you away. So we're studying Romans. Romans 1 again is about really just breaks it down. The first four books of Romans is the story of us, right? First book of Romans talks about indulgence, right? Second book of Romans talks about comparison. What is comparison? Judging, judging others, judging yourself. Uh, third book, or the third book is about what? Trying to save yourself, right? That to me is like probably the worst of all of it. Because when you try to save yourself, what you're really doing is you're telling Jesus, you know what? It's okay. I got this. I really didn't need you anyway. You know, you can just you really kind of wasted your time. You should have just stayed where you were. Just like, I really got this. And then you start looking and say, well, look at me. Look how good I am. I saved myself. And now we start comparing ourselves to other people. Look at Paul. He's just rotten as can be. You know, did you see what he could do? Or we say, oh, look at look at Pastor James, how handsome and smart and how good he is and everything, right? Either way, why are you guys laughing? That's not that's not a joke, right? Either way, you're still comparing, right? And in the cross, we're there's all equal, right? And our equality comes through the blood of Jesus and the sacrifice of Jesus and him alone. So so that's that's why I refuse to judge anyone based on anything but the blood of Jesus, because he lives in us, right? And so, so here you are, you're just trying to say, he was just hanging back, and now I can compare and judge. And then we start comparing and judging, and then maybe that's what we indulge in. Maybe we're indulging in a legalistic view. So we're still hitting every one of those missteps that cause us to, what it really does is it doesn't separate from God, God from us. God's not moving away. It moves us away from God. And so, so there's no separation. It moves us away in our mind because he's still trying to reach us. And so for God so loved the world that he made them jump through all kinds of hoops so that they could get saved. For God so loved the world that if you're perfect, if you do everything right, for God so loved the world that he gave 
his only begotten son, that whosoever believes, believes in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. So it, it's by faith, not by work. So we're reading in three, it says everyone's guilty of sin. And then we know it's talking about having a conscience. What are you conscious of? Are you conscious of sin or are you conscious of Jesus? Because whatever you're looking at, what you're going to go towards. If you're always worried about messing up, guess what you're going to do? You're going to mess up. Okay, everyone close their eyes. Okay, do not picture an elephant. 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 Okay, open your eyes. How many of you guys saw an elephant? <laughs> Everybody did, didn't they? Why? Because I said, do not picture an elephant. Didn't you guys hear? I said, do not. What's the matter with you guys? You're rotten sinners. Get it right. Right? You're not, by the way, you're not rotten sinners. You're beloved children of God, right? What happened? Because because our conscience doesn't understand the not part. And so when we say the not, we're going to go right towards that. Like when I walked in, I saw these donuts. Whoever has those, I don't know if you love me or hate me. But I was like, I will not eat a donut. I will not eat a donut. And I was right. I did not eat a donut. I ate four. <laughs> right? So, so it's not something that I... I, I automatically, when you when you put your focus on not, you're taking your focus on who you really are. And that's a child of the most high God. You are forgiven. Now, you're like, well, I'm a sinner. No, that's your old identity. That died. Guess what you are now? You are sons and daughters of the most high God. If you focus on that sinner part, guess what you're going to do? You're going to sin if you focus on the righteousness. The Bible, I didn't say this. The Bible says this that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So it's not a righteousness that comes by what I do, it's a righteousness that comes by faith. I was thinking about horses because I, I work with horses all the time. It seemed like everything. Like it, I couldn't preach if it wasn't for horses. <laughs> like, in fact, I couldn't understand the Bible if it wasn't for horses, because they've taught me so much. But one thing I learned was, was I used to work for one trainer and he was a really good trainer. So he'd get in the show pen and the horse mess up and it like it was checked out, it's gone. It'd go to the hot dog stand on it. Because every time he worked it, it was the most beautiful thing when everything was right. But when things went wrong, it was the worst thing you ever saw. Because those horses, like they were perfect in the right spot, going here, going there. But if they ever messed up, they didn't know what to do because they couldn't think for themselves. They were totally dependent uh, on what he was doing and afraid to make a mistake because if they knew if they made a mistake, they were in really big trouble. So when they did make a mistake, instead of thinking, oh, what do I do next? They're like, oh my God, world's over. I'm going, right? Then I got to work for, for another guy. He's a five-time world champion, four-time reserve world champion. And I was out there watching him work and, and like the horse messes up and don't turn fast enough. So he goes ahead and stops it and then turns around and runs real fast back to the other one, misses it again. And he just lets it stop and then rushes it back. And pretty soon that horse found the right place to be and just stopped. I was like, well, he wouldn't, that last guy wouldn't have done that. I was like, why'd you do that? He's like, what do you mean? He's like, I want my horses to think. If my horse doesn't mess up, he'll never learn to be in the right spot. So it totally changed 
how that horse perceived when a horse would get in a show, then if the horse would get a little bit of a mess, it could correct itself. Go back, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be. And then you could flow with that horse. Um, same with starting colds. You try to make that horse perfect, you know, be perfect right now. Like, like we do that to young believers. They get saved, and you know what we're like? Do this, do that, do that, do this. Do not look at the elephant. Do <laughs> right? And you know what they're doing? They're seeing an elephant. Why? Because we're putting an expectation on them that even God did. And so here, I've got a horse. That, she's 22 years old, and she's a cutting horse, and, and is Linda's horse, Patterson. She's the baby. My expectations of her are totally different than my expectation of a colt that I step into the round pen with that don't know anything. So, like, I can go and I can get on her. I don't expect her to go to the other side of the field. I expect her to come to me. I expect to be able to get on her, saddle her up, ride off, do this, do that. Why? To have a relationship with her. And I know her. And she has a relationship with me. And she trusts me. Does that make sense? And so, rather than trying to do everything perfect, cross every I, you know, cross an I, dot every I, cross every T, I might cross it and I here and there, right? Right? Rather than doing that, now we're free to live. The Bible says, and him. And who? That's capital H, by the way. In him. And who? In Jesus. We live and move and have our being. It's not out of works, but it's out of relationship. We're not trying to do something to be right. We're working because we are right. Does that make sense? And so now we have a freedom. The Bible says, whom the Son sets free is free sometimes. It's free if, if you go to church every Sunday. It's free if you pray every day and read your Bible and understand every doctrine. No, whom the Son sets free is free indeed, right? Now, I think it's funny that that word, I don't think there's any coincidence in the Bible, because if you break up, Indeed means like really, like like indeed, like like Pastor James is really good looking, and you're like indeed, yes, right? That's how you do it. But you can also break that up to where it says indeed. What does that mean? Free in what you do. So that's why we're able to live and move and have our doing in Him, not doing being in him so now we don't have a sin consciousness we have a righteous consciousness right because he says here now we know that whatever the law says it says to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable that's romans 3 19 this would help okay to under law so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing law. What is that H in his in his sight? What is the H? Is that is that lowercase or uppercase? It's what? Is that uppercase? In your Bible, it's uppercase? Really? Anybody else? Lowercase. Anyone else? Lowercase. In, in the Greek, you know what it is? Lowercase. You know why it's lowercase? 
Who's in your side? It's not talking about in God's side. It's talking about how are you seeing yourself when you're observing the law? And do you know how you're seeing yourself? Right? Trying to be perfect, but you're imperfect. But when you see yourself in him, guess what you are? You are perfect. Right? Why? Because the cross mattered. Either what Jesus did matters or what Jesus did does not matter. Okay? It says, therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. You know what he's saying? Now, if you're observing the law <clears throat> through your own sight, you, you, so, so you won't declare that you are righteous. You know what you declare? I'm a rotten sinner. I've really messed up. I'm not good enough. I'm not, not right. And then it says this. Rather, the law, we become conscious. Now we're looking for the element. Does that make sense? Rather than receiving the grace that we have through him. So it says this. And I love, I love God's butts. <laughs> And there's a song, I love God's butts, and I cannot lie. Thank God for him, right? It's actually a country song, something like that, I think, somewhere. But it says this, but now a righteousness from God apart from law. Like, I didn't write this, by the way. Like, anybody don't like this? Like, I'm sorry. I didn't write this, but I love the guy who did. Because it sets you free. But now a righteousness from God apart from the law has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. He's like, this is what it's been about from the very beginning. From Genesis all the way to Revelation. It's been a revelation of Jesus Christ and who he is and who he is. Now he died. And now as he is, so are we right here. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are sons and daughters of the most high God. That is the gospel, and that is the good news. This righteousness comes, this righteousness from God, from Elohim, from the Creator, comes through going to church every Sunday, feeding the hungry. No? Did I not? I need new glasses. <laughs> this righteousness from God comes through faith in yourself, faith in the government, <laughs> faith in your pocketbook, faith in what? Faith in what? Jesus faith in who? Jesus Christ. To some who believe. To all who believe. Now look, that's all. There is no difference. Whoa. That means that it's free and it's for everybody. Better than water. But water's not always free anymore, is it? When I was a kid, it was. It didn't matter how thirsty you were. You just ran over to the next person's yard, turned on the hydrant and drank water. It never cost you nothing, right? Or the creek, either one. Although you didn't drink from the creek much because of where the cows went. <laughs> but there is no difference for all watch this all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God 
We love to quote that, man. We love that. It's like I hear preachers saying that we all have sinned. You're all rotten sinners. You're all you lousy suckers. But they don't read the next one because if all have sinned, then it's saying and all are justified. Oh wait. If all have sinned and all are justified, not by our works, but and and are justified freely. Now there's a good word, freely, by His grace. And then it tells you how we get it. How do we get His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus? He might be kind of important. You think he's kind of in here a little bit? about jesus man he said if i be lifted up i'll draw all men unto me unto him and that's where we want to find people is in him and and seeking him and living in him because that's where you'll find that freedom god presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood he did this to demonstrate his justice because in the forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time. Whoa, so that means it's now, right? So as to be just in the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Like, that's good news. That's the gospel. That's what Paul's trying to preach and trying to tell tell them right because so many so many of the times we get caught up in being legalistic yeah well that's just christians that get legalistic actually no i i had a friend that was an agnostic and his dad was an atheist and they were very legalistic in what they did not believe in god like maybe more so than a lot of christians that we think are legal legalists and they're pretty legalistic too so it doesn't matter you can make your own rules and follow them and be legalistic about them. And that's what you're really doing, whether you're doing it in the name of Jesus or you're doing it in the name of not believing in God or the name of anything else. There's only one hope we have, and his name's Jesus. There's only one place we rest, and his name's Jesus. It begins with him, and it ends with him. And that's where we find our hope. That's where we find our peace. That's where we find everything that we are that's where we find our true identity where so it says, it says he did this to demonstrate his justice at the present time so it has to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in jesus where then is boasting it is excluded on what principle? On that of observing the law. Whoa, wait a second. You know what he's saying? Where's your boasting? There's no boasting. Why? Because on the principle of, observe, of observing the law, you ain't got it, man. Like, so now there's nothing to boast in except Jesus. Like, I, I'm not saying because I did something. I'm saved because he did something. And now that I believe that he did it, I'm saved. That's good news, man. That's like running around the church. Like I don't always stand here. Like, right, good news. 
That's the stuff that sets us free. There is no boasting, right? It says this, on that observing law. No, he says, but on that of faith, where we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from observing the law. Whoa, that's heavy. And do you know what that did? No wonder they're trying to kill Jesus all the time, trying to kill Paul all the time. You know why? What he's saying is, all this stuff you're doing to be right, ain't making you right. All this praying, all these laws, all these rituals, all these loopholes that you have is not making you right. And he says, come unto me. All who are weary. And I'll give you rest. He's like, aren't you tired of that yet? Like, aren't you tired of, of that hamster wheel? Like, come to me. And I'll give you rest. So is, it, is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles too? Yes, the Gentiles too. Since there is only one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through the same faith. What was happening? So these people were getting saved and, and, and the Jewish um, people were coming along saying, you know what? Now you're saved. Guess what? You need to be circumcised too. And God's like, man, that's not going to save you. I mean, it's not that it's wrong to do, but that if you're basing that, your relationship with me on that, guess what? You are totally off. Because your relationship with me only comes because of the sacrifice of Jesus. And I gave him that so that you could have a conscience of your righteousness and rather be focused on sin. Like, I didn't do it for me. I did it for you. He's not Thor up there playing whack-a-mole with us. Are you going to do good? Boom. Nope. You messed up there. I'll pop up here. Boom, 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 boom. That's what we think. That's why I grew up thinking God was, man. I thought he was trying to play whack-a-mole with me. I can never hit up in the right place. That's not who he is. He loves us so much that he gave his son for us. That's pretty good news. That's gospel. He says this, since there is only one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through the same faith, do we then nullify the law by by this faith? Not at all. Because rather we uphold it. But you know, what's, well, wait, how you uphold it? You don't uphold it in yourself. You're upholding it in resting in him. Because see, when it said all have sinned, all but Jesus. And in him, now as he is, so are we in earth. So guess what he's saying? Now that we are upholding the law by resting in him. Now he's written his law on our hearts and put it in our minds, right? So we don't need a teacher saying, do this and do that. We know in our heart. And now we want to live that out. We want to please him. We want to love others. Are we going to mess, step in the wrong place every once in a while? Yeah, probably a lot more than you want. Don't focus on that. Focus on him and what he did. See, he's not saying you're rotten sucker. Forget it. You ain't my son no more. 
I wish I would have died for you. You know, you know what I went through? Like it, they put nails in my hand and a crown on and I suffered and look how you are, you sorry sucker. Think Jesus is like that? No. He lands like, man, I'd do it all over again. If you receive me, if you accept what I did or not. That's true love. When you think about it. So four, we finally get there. What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, discovered in this matter? Whoa, wait a second. Okay. Now, Abraham was like long before Jesus, wasn't he? So what does Abraham have to do with what we're talking about right here? What does it have to do with Abraham? I'm telling you, this whole book is about Jesus. From the beginning to the end, from Holy Bible to genuine leather on the back, all about Jesus, okay? What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, discovered in this manner? If, in fact, Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God. And it was credited to him as righteousness. Oh, man. He just believed God. Like God said, hey, I want you to get up, Abraham, and I want you to go to a place that you don't know. And I want you to go, to, go here, and I'm going to bless you and make a great nation out of you. You know what Abraham says? You know, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to give two weeks notice. I'm going to have to sell my house. Right? I, I got friends. I can't leave my friends. And what about my family? No, do you know what Abraham did? He saddled up and he was out, man. Like, yes, I trust you, God. There wasn't even McDonald's or gas stations. He just trusted God and went where God led him. Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now, he was perfect, though. He never made a mistake, right? Yeah. Just don't ask his wife that, because he gave her away twice. Like, all it takes for me is giving her away once, and she'd kill me. Right? It'd be over. Right? So, he had grace, obviously, on his side, too. He made all kinds of mistakes. But he believed God. Because he believed God, guess what? It was credited to him as righteous. I was watching a little video, and it was talking about a dude that was on the cross, a thief, on the cross with Jesus. I never thought about it this way, but it was incredible because you think about the cross, one set on the cross, here Jesus is in the middle and two thieves at one side, and they're both cussing him. Then all of a sudden, one guy, one guy goes, well, who are you? And figures out who he is, and he, he's like, you'll be with me in paradise. You'll just believe. So the guy dies, and he goes to heaven. He's a thief on a cross. Jesus ain't even done yet. Can you imagine the conversation he had when he got there? Like the angel they're sitting there. What are you doing here? I don't know. I just kind of got here. Well, you got to know why you're here, right? Why are you here? I don't know. I just come here because that's where I'm supposed to be. He's like, like, well, did you go to Bibles? Bible study? No. Wait a second. I got to get my supervisor. So he gets the supervisor angel. He comes out and he's like, 
okay, what's going on? How did you get here? Who are you? Why are you? How, how'd you get here? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Dude, haven't you heard of the doctrine of justification by faith? No, I've never heard of that. Haven't you been to Sunday school? No, I never heard. How did you get here? You're not supposed to be here. You know what he said? Who sent you? Who told you you could come? You know what his response was? The man on the middle cross told me to come. That's all you need. We worry about all these little things. And the one thing that matters is the one who is on the middle cross. It says here, I love it, in Colossians. He says, when you were dead in your sins, it's Colossians 2.13. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us some of our sins, all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. Amen. That's good news. I think I want to trust the man on the middle cross. I want to trust in his work. I also want to trust that he didn't stay there. He rose again. I realize that I died with him on that cross. Because I died with him on that cross. Now I'm alive with him. Right now. Amen. So, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for loving us. And we give you the praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.